0: Hey, 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 this is Teresa, and this is another episode of Fiercely Here Women in Business podcast. I'm super excited to have Sandy Weiner on today. You're going to really enjoy our conversation. So, Sandy invited me to be on her podcast, and afterwards, I'm like, I've got to have you on mine because you've got <laughs> a very cool story and I love your energy. So, Sandy, I just, I'm delighted that you're here, and I want you just to tell a little bit about what you do.
1: Um, I do a lot of things. (laughs) So I have two companies. One is Last First Date. And in Last First Date, I help women over 40 have the best relationships of their lives. I do it in many ways. And often a lot of the women come to me and they've either never been married or they've been in really bad relationships. So I help them kind of unlock the keys to finding the right partner but it's also about being the right partner and after doing that for like 10 years 12 years I realized that the part of that that I love the most is helping women value themselves more and so I started a new company about a year ago it's called the woman of value and that's the podcast that you were on Therese and so I have a podcast for my other show as well it's called last first date radio and in this podcast and in this business, I help women step up, kind of like you do. I help yeah, them step it. into their power, and whatever it is, whether it's the corporate women who want to, you know break the glass ceiling and, and are afraid of speaking up or asking for raises, mm-hmm. I help women expand their businesses. So if they're a uh, the solo practitioner, like I have a therapist who only made money. Hour to hour, you know, dollars right. for hours, awesome. right. as most people do in yes. service professionals. And I helped her to start an online course to help women who are at a crossroads in life and do things that are scary. And it's so exciting to watch women grow. And as you know, as you do, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's really what I do. Those two businesses, and I'm also a mom of three kids and a grandma of three. And Lots of other things. That's
0: really cool. (laughs) Really nice. Yeah. I remember when we were talking, the podcast, I'm like, I love what you do because it's very similar to what I do, right? That that owning women of value thing that is so critical. You know, the words I use, it's like fiercely here. Like like when you are owning your value, I just call it, you can be fiercely here. And so what does it mean to you? Like paint the picture of a woman owning themselves, being fiercely present. How does that show up? Because I think some people don't even, they don't even have a picture of it. You know, so let's paint some pictures for our, for our listeners. So often, and I can share my
1: own story later, but um, we often hide. We hide our power. We hide our our skills. We hide behind someone else. I, I know that for most of my life, I hid behind people who were very visible. Oh. Because as much as I wanted to not be invisible, I also didn't want to be in the limelight. Like, I didn't want to be yeah you know, getting all the attention. I'm an introvert. I like being yeah. quieter. Yeah. But I also realize that if we don't step up and, and my motto is to show up, stand up, speak up.
0: Try that on <laughs> listeners. Show up, stand up, speak up. Woo. That is, I can <clears> feel <throat> the power behind that. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one. <laughs> really nice. So that's
1: the woman of value. She knows how to show up in her life and she knows her values mm-hmm. and her value. And she takes a stand by standing up. She takes a stand for what matters and not just for herself, but for others. So it's, it's a lot of like leadership skills, right. you know, where
0: Absolutely.
1: you take responsibility. You don't just tower when somebody is unkind to you, you know, you have the words to, to speak up kindly and speak up is, is the last part. So we often don't have the skill set to communicate our needs, mm-hmm. our wants, um, when our feelings are hurt, and we don't know how to set boundaries with grace. We may set walls and we may yell at people, or we may fear and freeze and hide. Right. But it's really hard for most people. We weren't trained to right. know how to say the things that matter. So by showing up, standing up, and speaking up, we step into our value, and we are fiercely here.
0: Especially, I think, women over 40, we really were acculturated to not show up, not stand up, and full show, not speak up, right? (laughs) You can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, you know, that like, ugh, the (laughs) 1950s, 60s narrative, right? And so... Why do you, why else? Like, I just go look at what works are swimming in in terms of our role models and what we're given. But what, what, what do you think are other reasons why people, women can't own their value and can't stand up, speak up, show up? What do you think gets in the way?
1: I think, oh, it's definitely fears, but mm. people pleasing is a way for right. most of us to get, in, get by in the world. You know, we yeah. have learned to okay. accommodate. Most of us have grown up in homes where we were not, Valued for who we were, but for what we did, and even a lot of times, not even that, right? Right, So, did you get good grades? Wait a minute, did you get the best grades? Right,
0: there's a C Uh on this report card, yeah, or there's an A
1: minus and not an A plus. (laughs) I mean, seriously, (laughs) I didn't grow up in that house, but but the but having good grades was important, and I remember hiding from my parents Mm. when I got a bad report card, you know, I was so, so afraid of being. Yeah. punished instead of being supported to do better right. and to be appreciated just for who you are. And so we spend a lifetime getting back to that that beautiful, wonderful person we were when we were born, pure and innocent and full of of moxie and joy. I mean, when I go to visit my grandchildren and they're just um, yeah. five and two and a half and the newborn. But like looking at these little girls who are five years old and two and a half who have so much confidence, who aren't afraid of being funny and being silly and, and saying what they mean. I mean, so, so clear about, I don't like it. I do like it. I want it. I don't want it. I mean, and then over the years we have, you know, oh, that I want to be liked by my peers and I want to get the, you know, I want to be accepted into that social circle And then we get older, right, I want to be liked on Instagram. I want to be, I want to fit in. And so we end up morphing and losing who we are to be able to be accepted by others. And so all that people-pleasing, it's exhausting. It's not who we are. It's totally us accommodating, constantly accommodating others to fit in. And so the, the big learning and what I do a lot with my clients is to teach them how to behave differently in the world, how to really reclaim the parts of them that were lost.
0: Mm, that's so good. And, you know, if you're listening and watching this, I don't want you to have shame if you are this. We are all this, right? Yes. So what, what, what I wanted to share, Monim, and, and this is exactly what you're saying, but I wanted to take it a little bit deeper in a different place, is when there are wounds or when there's trauma or neglect or whatever, you develop a persona because you're getting your needs met. And so for those of us who were taught people pleasing or caretaking or being nice girls or accommodating, that actually works for a really long time and it works really well to get our needs met. The problem is that's not the truth of you, but it's like a, like a, <clears throat> a persona we, we show up as and we think that's us and the healing is when you can let that fall away. And so do you have any of those stories just that you can like, do you have one of those when you like broke out and said, "Oh hell no, I'm not doing this anymore," because that is what has to happen. Like that, that whole persona. I, I mean, I used to be told. I mean, I was, I was a therapist. My God, talk about people pleasing and caretaking. Like, <laughs> I, I was paid for it, so I guess I was smart. But it was so much of who my identity was to break free of that and go, "What, what do I want?" Wait, I don't even know. Shit, I haven't focused ever on that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear your story of how you broke out of those patterns.
1: Yeah, and thank you for that clarification because we do have amazing survival skills. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. surviving is great, but it's not thriving. And so to thrive, we need to take off all those layers. We need to really find who we are. But we first need to get stronger inside and that's the part that I was missing. Right. Um, so in my TED talk I talk about being a Tootsie Pop and um, so I lived my whole life as a Tootsie Pop and so I'll tell you that story yeah, no, in a that's nutshell that's... Um, and you can link to the TED talk in the show notes if you can
0: because
1: mm-hmm. um, I realized actually i had gone on a date with a guy after my divorce and he said, I'm just like a Tootsie Pop. I'm tough on the outside and I'm soft and mushy on the inside. And I thought to myself, you know, that's what we love in a man. We love these tough guys who really have a soft heart.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I had this epiphany that I was the Tootsie Pop and it wasn't a good thing. And the reason why is that I had developed all these really tough layers over my heart as, as I went through life and learned the wrong lessons through heartbreak, just you don't trust men and there are no good men and there are no good relationships and you just have to settle and all these Uh. terrible things that I concluded because I didn't know better. Right. And so my inside was mushy, like a tootsie roll. And as I learned how to be stronger I, I became stronger on the inside. So I, I equate it to a Heath bar, which is, I and mean, some people have no idea what I'm talking about, but that's like a strong, toffee center and a soft chocolate outside. So when you can be strong, you can be soft. When you're strong inside, you can be soft outside. You don't have to have that tough exterior and that bitterness, which a lot of people come to the world with. So a little about my story is, I really struggled in relationships most of my life. I I um I just didn't know how to do it right, and so I had met a man. I was living in New York City, and I met a man who I thought was the love of my life, and we just connected on so many levels. And he had a he had a beautiful heart and soul, and he sang and played guitar, and we stayed mm-hmm. up all night Sounds singing. Fabulous, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> We were getting together a lot, but it was platonic. He hadn't made a move. Mm-hmm. And then he invited me over for dinner and to his, to his apartment, and he was going to cook like a four-course meal. Like It was amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And after dinner, I had a headache and he said, Oh, I'll give you a massage. Come into my bedroom. (laughs) I'm thinking, okay, tonight's the night. And nothing happened after the massage. It was like this, this whole buildup and I'm thinking, okay, he needs, he needs some encouragement. So I get up off the bed and I give him a hug, which I had never done before. Okay, And he recoiled and I felt so mortified. Mm. And I'm thinking like, okay, I got it wrong again. Like, this is why? weird mixed messages
0: though, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it
1: was. But I, I didn't really understand it. I didn't know how to speak about it. And so I kind of slunk away. I walked home. He wouldn't even walk me home. I lived a few blocks from him and I, I was like mortified, really embarrassed, mortified. Yeah, yeah. And what I did was I shut my heart down after that, I said, here's a guy who I thought was it. You know, he seemed like husband material, like he had every quality and he rejected me. What I didn't know is that, I found this out much later, was um, he had been seeing somebody the whole time. He was was engaged within a few months after that. So he he was never available, but I I didn't know because I didn't know how to talk about stuff like that. So I ended up getting engaged within maybe six, eight months, because I just thought, okay, I can't really trust my heart. So I have to just trust my head. And Mm -hmm. I chose a man, totally like, check, check. But my heart was shut. My heart was really shut. I liked him. I didn't love him. Mm -hmm. And the foundation of our relationship was weak. And I still stayed 23 years and tried to make it work. I had four kids with him. And there was crisis after crisis and he just completely fell apart and I became tougher and stronger as most women do. And, and at the end, um, I met another man who kind of woke me up out of my stupor Mm -hmm. and, um, and because of him, he was not going to be somebody I was going to have an affair with, but he was somebody who woke me up to the possibility of a relationship with somebody who actually saw me.
0: Yeah.
1: And, but I hadn't allowed myself to be seen. So when I got divorced, um, so that, that gave me the courage to ask for a divorce. Mm -hmm. And and then I went to coaching school and in coaching school, I started to learn how to identify values, how to really Mm -hmm. know who I was at my core, which I never knew before. And one of the things, and you were just saying something before about how, you know, you, you, As a therapist, you know, you wanted to give and be this codependent person. And um, I had this tendency to give too much, to do too much and to be drained. And I had a supervisor who, during my certification process, said, you're working too hard. And he he gave me this great metaphor that I still remember. He said, as a coach, you're like, you have this field of people working out in the field. Mm-hmm. And you're on the rocking chair sipping lemonade. And you're, you're helping them, you're guiding them, but you're not out there doing the work. And I used to be out there doing the work. Yeah. And so I see it now, like my word for 2020 is energy, because mm-hmm. I want to preserve the energy that I have and really be very intentional about who I give it to. And this is,
0: this is what I teach and what I practice. That is so cool. What a great story. What a great you know, I'm still I'm still in the mind fuck of the guy that was like like playing you. I'm still like the bastard. I'm to go get him. But anyway. uh, he's a nice guy. Actually, I
1: oh, I have a great follow up story to him. Right. So what happened what well, which was also really horrible for me was that my ex husband ended up sitting next to this guy in synagogue and, and loved him and he was like let's have them over and i'm no. like no oh I can't. my god anyway so we we started having them over as friends <laughs> and i i was really hard for me but yeah, yeah. years later his wife said to me that she had asked him why he never dated me like she she was there was an like, energy curious. yeah yeah cuz she he would tell her about me And he said that I was harsh. I had a harsh exterior. So he got that tootsie pop. The other thing that was fascinating was that he wouldn't have married her if she wouldn't have opened her mouth. So she had a lot more um, Mm. of the speak up than I did. Mm -hmm. They met at a wedding. They, They were sitting next to each other at a mutual friend's wedding. And he said to her, it was great meeting you. He, he took her back in the taxi to her hotel. Mm-hmm. He goes, if you're ever in New York again, look me up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she's like, look me up. He's a great guy. I want to date him. And she went back to the ah. friends who introduced her and said, I want to date this guy. But, he's, he's marriage material. So That's the difference between who I difference. was and who she was.
0: Right. So, so two, two parts of the story is women settle very often, right? Yes. And your story was a lot of, you know, your marriage settling, life. settling. we all do, right? And there's no shame. I, I really want to make sure if you're hearing this guys, mm. that you don't go, Oh God, it was so bad. Oh, that, you know, it's just, it just is because you didn't know better, right. but then you get awakened, right? Then yes. you get, and part of the awakening is, I want that. Like the, right. the woman, the woman, you know, she got him, but she was able to go after it. And so what, Sandy, let's talk about, What holds women back from that? It's almost a little aggressive, like, oh, I'll be having you. (laughs) Or (laughs) like, that (laughs) that is what, you know, in in life, business, whatever it is, like, what's the key to to just bring more of that? And it's not even male energy, but it's our potency of like, that's mine, as opposed to, well, I don't know, maybe if it happens." are you following me with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's spend Um, some time there, because I think that's a really helpful tool for women. Well, it's partially it's
1: knowing your value. And the more you you get out of your comfort zone and ask for what you want and go. I mean, when I did my TED Talk, I had never been on a stage. I was petrified to speak in public. But I had a mission and I had something to share. And somebody reached out to me and it was an opportunity that I could have easily said no to. I could have said, no, I am not ready. I can't speak. Mm -hmm. Um, I need more time. But it wouldn't have happened. Right. And so I got support and that's important, you know, to get the support, we all need to build up who we are. I've had amazing coaches and people who have supported me yeah. and we can't see what we can't see. Right. So other people can see our greatness before we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's an important piece of it. And the other is just every time you do something scary, you get stronger. You know, you realize you didn't die. It doesn't always work out, but right. asking. For people to be a podcast guest, asking yeah. to, to appear somewhere, to speak on a stage, to do something that scares the hell out of you, that is how we start to build more confidence and to awesome. and to give bigger asks. That's and, really awesome. You know, so I think that has a lot to do with it and to stop overthinking and thinking I'm not enough oh, because what makes God. somebody else
0: more enough than you? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think like, like when we think of the desire, so I like what you said is there was an opportunity in front of me and my head is going, Holy shit. And all the excuses, <laughs> but, but your soul or your whatever it was just said, okay, yes. Ah, right. You just, so you went for it and right. then you got the support. You know, when I, when I started dating my current boyfriend, we were in a little intimate moment. <laughs> and I just, I just, I'm like, I want you now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Nobody ever did that, and uh, that—that—that's kind of you know. But but that he he still will talk about it. Like I've never had any. I mean, I was I was aggressive, but and why not? Right, we're of the age. I'm like we earned this shit. We've been through a lot of hell. We've raised kids, or we've raised adult men, or we raised our kids. Why not go for the thing that you would want? So so there was somewhere in you a desire to get your message out and the form of it showed up as a TED talk, but you said yes to I've got to speak like, oh my God, right? And so that's what I would say is how can you say, how can you tune into the desire and then say yes to it? And it doesn't matter how scary it is or how weird you feel going, I want you now, right? (laughs) Because good things can come out of it. So yeah, I, just, I love I just that. Think it's fun. Yeah. Oh, he and did people, too. People want to be desired, and <laughs>
1: so too. you had to know your desire in order to express your desires. So the more we know ourselves, yeah. and the more we know our mission, our why, what motivates us. Yeah. So when your why is bigger than your fear, and that's oh, what happened that to me. Oh, so, so good. So that's, good. That's really what I always weigh. Like, yeah, is my why so important that I'm going to overcome this fear? and just push
0: through it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to, we're just going to slow that train down. Mm-hmm. How do you get in touch with your why? Because that, it, because, because what's going to happen is people, are you're going to minimize your why, right? Oh, it's no big deal. It's a stupid, I can't have it. That's the voice of shame and all the ancestors and all the shit that you live through telling you it's not possible. And so how do you, like, just go, oh, that's it, and that's worthy of me, and I'm worthy of it. So do you have any practices or any tips around that one?
1: Yeah, a lot of them. Um, I mean, (laughs) the way I, when I work with a client and help them find their why, we talk about pivotal moments in life. So when you look at those pivotal moments, those transitional moments, and see who did you become in those moments, mm. and then you start to identify those are your core values. Those are, those are really who you are in a crisis or in times of great joy. And you start to put the pieces together. Maybe think about five of those kinds of places in your life and who you became in each one. Um, so, you know, you have certain strengths and you have certain values. And the other thing is um, I have what I give out to my clients is an operating manual. And mm-hmm. I created this manual that that would be something you would give to other people to know you. Great. So it's cool. who are you? What are your physical needs? Like without those things, how many hours of sleep do you need? How many, you know, what do you need to, to live yeah, well? Those we are often.
0: We don't think about those things, those we are don't. great,
1: yeah. Right, so if you're not eating well and you're not sleeping well, like I had a client who got into a relationship, she stopped meditating, she stopped her morning routine, she stopped all yeah. the important things. Right. Now she's completely out of alignment. So if you're saying, well, you know, being with you is more important than my meditation, but no, it's not. And eating know. crappy food is making me feel like crap. So yeah. now I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really grumpy and that's not yeah. good. Right. So, you know, and I have another client who just traveled and she came back and said I needed more quiet private time. Mm. That's one of the questions on the manuals, like, mm. do you need to recharge in quiet? If you mm. need that, you have to claim that. And so these are all things that we don't give up anymore. We stop saying, Okay, I can be that pretzel that can morph into anything. Ugh. You can't be. You got nothing to function. Day. No. Another thing that is really helpful is to go through your day and ask yourself, does this feed me or drain me? And I just find that like so many things, so many decisions we make Mm -hmm. drain you. And if you can't like preempt those decisions and just say, you know what, that doesn't work for me. Can I tell you what works better? So, I mean, it's a process and we're, I'm, I'm sort of minimizing it and telling you a yeah, lot of no, things at one time, but it's definitely a process and, and it's, you know, working with a coach or a therapist yeah. really mm-hmm. helps because then you can start to know what are your lines in the sand? What do you absolutely need
0: to thrive right. in this world? I also hear, you didn't use this word, but you literally are forging a new identity for yourself. Those questions you ask, it's like, who am I? What was I in those? Because I think most people don't know. We just. Most people do not examine, like you and I probably examine ourselves, like every frame, right? And, and that's the work. It's just like, oh, wow, I was kind of courageous there. Oh, that feels awesome. I want more of that, right? Yeah, yeah and you're tuned for, in. For me, like with the, with the sexy boyfriend story, I decided I've had enough suffering. I desire to feel pleasure. I desire to feel. And so it's also what's, what's the feeling you want to go for? And mm-hmm. or what gives me energy? For me, it's joy. Like, I am following joy. Am I going to get joy here or is it going to suck? Okay, I'm choosing joy, right? So just those, those are, Sandy gave us great tips. And so I want you to think about could, out of all the things you just told us, is there one or two things that they could do? Because, you know, this could be really overwhelming. If you're listening going, ah, crap, but <laughs> there's so many golden nuggets in your conversation with me today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I, yep. I was just thinking
1: about what you just said and, and when I met that guy at the end of my yeah. marriage who woke me up. Yeah. It was that, that wake up call of I will not suppress my own joy. Yes. Again. Ooh. Like I Ooh. and that was big. That was like that was like, whoa, you were willing to live your life squashed down for so long. And like, there was a part of me that was just like, get out, get out, you know, and, and all the fears of like, you're making a big change. You have children, you have all these, these people who, you know, you may screw up their lives. But the truth is that, again, if you're living in alignment and you know, like how to control and not control, but how to regulate your own emotions Mm -hmm. and how to deal with all this change then you can be the guide to other people. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, so many of our fears are completely unfounded. Mm-hmm. It's so important to take a stand for your truth and stop living some version of somebody else's. I
0: love that. So just a question to yourself, if you're listening right now, what am I suppressing? What am I accepting or settling for? And what would I prefer instead? And you know, you don't have to, here's an, you know, we both went through divorces with young, young kids. If you had to think 10 years down the road, you never would have gone anywhere. So it's like just the next step, the next step, the next step. You know, obviously you have to have plans, right? But you just have to do, the, okay, I can do that piece of it and I can do that piece of it and I can do that piece of it, right? So so sometimes it's literally stepping out in faith, trusting that, that this this energy that is propelling me is going to take care of me and support me, right? Yeah. So
1: yeah. We don't need the whole staircase just one step go. at a time. There we
0: go. Yeah. So Sandy, this has been so much fun. You're such a delight. And I'm thinking if I was listening to this, I'd say, I want <laughs> I want to know more about this woman. So where can they find you? And then do you have anything? I think you're gonna you're gonna offer something so my folks can benefit from your wisdom as well.
1: Yeah, thank you. So lastfirstdate.com if you're looking for better relationships. And uh, lots of good information there. I've got like a thousand blog posts and my podcast (laughs) and all kinds of good stuff. And um, join my free Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date. Mm -hmm. And um, so if you're in a relationship where you're single and over 40, it's a really positive, supportive environment for Mm -hmm. having healthier relationships with yourself and others. And my other uh, website, thewomanofvalue.com, uh, there is a free guide that I would love to offer you. Well, both sites have something free, but this one, um, it's called The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Woman of Value. And mm. it's got great tips to do everything we talked about yeah. today and, yeah. and the steps to get there. So I would love to invite people to, the, to get that free guide. And it's if you go on thewomanofvalue.com, there's a button at the very top. You can just push
0: that button and you're there you are just a wealth of information. So well, thank you. You just shared so much. I really, really appreciate that. So if the, is there like one last tip you got? You had final seconds on the stage to share with these people. So is there anything <laughs> you want to just impart any little nuggets of wisdom?
1: Show up, stand up and speak up.
0: <laughs> Best way to end it. Yeah. All right. Well, this is fabulous. I just thank you for your energy. Thank you for your contribution. You know, my own journey has been a lot with my own relationships being, being in a very good relationship now. And I can understand the the connection with relationships and owning your value and being a woman of value. And it translates to every freaking area of your life. So I so love that you are, you're a stand for both of these oh, That's on behalf you. of women everywhere. It is so, <laughs> so, so needed because we should not settle. We should not suffer. We should not be able to speak up. And so I love the warriors and the work and you're one of them sister. So thank you so much for being here, Sandy. Thank you. All right. Blessings and, and keep listening to this show. And, and I would love if you want to put in the show note or in the, in the comment section below, what did you get out of this? What was your biggest takeaway? What did Sandy rock your world with? And, and if you have any things you're going to do as a result of the new knowledge, peace and blessings. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, this is Teresa, and I'm so excited that you were with us today for another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. You know, if you are inspired to get to that brilliant place, if you heard some wisdom today that made you think, yeah, I need some help in that area, I would encourage you to have a conversation with me. Super simple. You just go to TeresaSkelly.com forward slash Let's Connect. It's a no-charge, no-pressure conversation. And if I can support you to clear the blocks, to really step into that brilliance, oh my gosh, it would be a delight. And I'll be honest with you, we'll just have a great conversation and see where we can take it. Peace and blessings. Bye.